Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Lindheimer, and you're listening to Aging is Optional Radio. Here's the real mystery. How do adults like us, who maybe haven't taken the best care of ourselves throughout the years, but want to live long and healthy lives, How do we make changes to our lifestyle that will have a direct impact on our longevity so we can participate and enjoy our lives for much longer than we ever imagined? That's the burning question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Mark Lindheimer, and welcome to Aging is Optional Radio. Hello, everybody. On episode six, I talked about the importance of mentors, and today I'd like to welcome one of my mentors, Steve Little, to Aging is Optional Radio. We've known each other since around 2008, and since that time, we partnered in a few ventures. Steve has always been a top income earner, and more than that, he's a true leader. Over the years, I've gotten to know Steve and his family, especially since we moved here from California to Texas. Steve's an incredibly successful entrepreneur, earning millions of dollars throughout his career. He has a simple philosophy, win big, and that's what we're here to talk about. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. It's great to have you here. I'm really fascinated by incredibly successful people. And, um, you know, they built large businesses or personal brands. And I'm genuinely curious about the journey that they travel, you know, from where they started to where they are today. And I want to get into that with you today. So tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? You know, what was it like? Your early influences. Well, you know, I, I tell you, Mark, I, I always look for that thread of success in someone's fabric of life. And when I kind of look back at my own, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't know where that internal motivation comes from. Um, you know, if we could figure that out and make a pill, we could make a fortune, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when I look back at my, my childhood, I, w- I was born in the Midwest, up in Iowa, actually. And great place to be from. And, um, uh, but you know, when I was a kid, I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old. I had one of those boys life magazines. I don't know if they even make them anymore. Uh, or if that thing's still in publication, 
mentioned, but on the back of that thing, it had a, a thing where you could go sell Christmas cards. And uh, what happened is they had some prizes down there at the bottom. And one was this beautiful uh, three-speed English racer, bright red. And, you know, that was back, everything was a single speed. And so a three-speed was kind of like the latest and greatest thing. And so, man, I, I sold my mom and dad on the idea that I could do this. And so they gave me permission. And, and we lived out in the country, so we had to drive, they had to drive me everywhere. And uh, so I would go, uh, they'd drive me and I'd go talk to somebody. And anyway, I sold enough Christmas cards to get this, this bike. And man, when that thing came in, it was so beautiful, bright cherry red. And but when we put it together, it was, uh, it was a full-size bike. And I was like seven, eight years old, something like that, maybe nine, I don't know. But it was way too big for me. <laughs> I couldn't even ride it for two or three years. But, but it, it said I kept it shy, man. It was in the garage. So it was like a trophy. And so, um, you know, my, my end, I ended up moving to Texas. My, my family did. My dad uh, took a, did a business endeavor down there and then ended up going down to Florida. And then, uh, you, know, you know, what happened is I was, I, I was kind of um, – Mark, what happened is I was – you know, I was one of those guys in school that I always made good grades. I wasn't – you know, at the very, very top of the class, but I sure wasn't at the bottom either. And, and uh, I, I obviously uh, did not. It's funny, my, my, my high school days was if I didn't see how it was going to benefit me down the road, I just uh, checked out mentally. Okay. In other words, <laughs> but uh, applied to a real good school um, and was accepted and was headed that direction. Uh, but I just really didn't feel like I was supposed to go. It was kind of funny. My, I went to kind of a smaller church. They had this big party for me and gave me all this stuff, you know, sheets for the bed and all, all stuff. Anyway, when I decided not to go, I had to go return all the presents. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so that kind of took me through my, uh, my high school years right there. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to ask you about that because that's a big commitment, right? You had, you had a direction, right? You thought that, you know, everybody wanted you to go in a certain direction and you just felt in your heart that it wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, you know, what, what did that feel like to you? What, you know, what were you going through, you know, externally, the pressure from the church and your family with these expectations and internally, what was that battle like? Well, you, you know, Mark, it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, you, you know, I was, um, I was really kind of in a prayerful mode because I'd qualified. I mean, I've been accepted to this school and it was, um, I just kind of thought that's what you're supposed to go do. But just something in my gut was gnawing at me. That wasn't what I was supposed to go do. And, um, you know, truthfully, I was in a very prayerful mode. And, and uh, there was just one particular scripture in, in the Bible that really became very, very true to me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's actually become my favorite verse you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Well, the, the lean not unto your own understanding was the hard part. Okay. <laughs> you know, because everything my brain was saying is supposed to go. And, but I just didn't feel like I was supposed to. So what happened is I, I found myself then uh, working in a grocery store. And I sure didn't think that was me, you know, but uh, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just didn't feel like me. Okay, where my life path was supposed to go. And I ended up on a stock crew working all night long. And uh, man, that was sure not my, uh, my, my dream life. But that, that's kind of where I landed. <laughs> that's amazing. I, you know, and, and so you're, you're on the stock crew. You know, you're thinking about, you know, this is not for me either. You know, where's, where's your path? right? Where that leads you ultimately, that desire to not being doing what you were doing to something else. 
Yeah, so, so what ended up happening then is that it's funny, you know, when you're going through life, you can't really connect the dots. But when you look back, oftentimes you can. And, um, you know, so what happened then, it, it was a Christmas Eve. And I'm, uh, I love Christmas. I love that time of year. And, uh, you know, one of my sons, Austin, he tells me, he says, Dad, Christmas is when you really shine. You know, I, we always have a lot of fun at that time of year. But uh, so it was Christmas Eve and it was early in the evening, like maybe, I don't know, five o'clock, something like that. And we were, our family was kind of getting ready for, you know, the food was being prepared for that evening. And we were going to open a few presents that night and the cookies were out and just, you know, the, the beginning kind of a little holiday evening, I get a phone call and it was my boss down at the grocery store. And they told me that we had a, a truck we had to go unload. And I said, you have got to be kidding me, right? And they said, no, we're dead serious. And uh, it's mandatory that you come. And so we went down there and I was uh, extremely uh, resentful about it because, uh, I mean, you just don't do that on Christmas Eve to somebody. But uh, we went down there. We set a record record that night on how fast we did it. But um, I will tell you this. That night I went home and I told my parents, I said, you know, never again. I don't know what I'll be doing a year from now, but it won't be this. And uh, it wasn't. It wasn't too many months later, Mark, it was actually about four months later, I found uh, a company that really captured my imagination. They were, they were selling term insurance and then later mutual funds. And what happened is it was designed in a way that if I could learn how to market the product successfully, that I could then kind of recruit some other people, teach them what I had learned, and I could get, get an override of what they too were doing. And it was the first time in my life I saw a way where I could make money outside of when I personally was producing. Get a little leverage, if you will. And I began to uh, uh, see that and pursue that. And you know, my first big dream was to get out of that job that I just disliked. And, I, and when I say my job, I, I wanna emphasize, I had a good attitude. I just did not like what I was doing. I didn't like that someone else had control over my life. And so that was kind of uh, my, my, the beginning of my ticket out, if you will. Yeah, that's amazing, you know, to, to, you know, I believe there's no coincidences, right? You know, the steps you took to that point led you to this opportunity where you can learn something that would also help you um, grow. And um, where, where were you at that time? Were you living at home at that time? Were you, um, you know, what, what, what was your, your family life like at that time? Yeah, family life was good. Uh, I was living at home. Um, I had great parents, you know, had one of those guys that had uh, probably everything we needed, but not everything we wanted. Uh, had a lot of love and a lot of direction in the right uh, way of life. I always had positive encouragement. Any parents out there, I'd always say, uh, you know, in, encourage your kids in a very, very positive way. Um, but uh, so I always, that was all there. But from a standpoint of, uh, I knew I wasn't going to get a big inheritance or something like that. Let me just say it like that. If I was going to win, I had to go carve it out for myself. And, you know, I, I didn't know how to verbalize it back then, but I guess today I would verbalize it in a way that I always wanted to be somebody. I always wanted to accomplish something. And so all of a sudden uh, I found this company and they said, Hey Steve, based on performance, not where you went to school or didn't go to school and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we will promote you up these ranks. And they had a position called a regional vice president. And that, that job averaged over 100000 a year. And, of course, that was several years ago. So that's like 300000 a year now. And, and so uh, I had the dream to become the youngest guy to ever do that. And I found out the youngest guy was 
uh, 34. And uh, so I had some big things that in front of me. But, but what happened, Mark, is we moved down the path there. Uh, I realized after uh, many, many months that to get that promotion, I would have to move. And you had to go to a brand new territory. You had to leave everything behind that you'd created. No subsidy from the company at all. And so that's how um, I went. My, my, my dad had transferred down to Florida with his business. And, and so I was living in Florida at the time. But that's how I kind of got back to Texas. I tell people I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. And, uh, you know, that was in the early 80s, like 1981-ish, okay? And so uh, we, we moved out here. I was, I was 21 years old. And it, it's kind of interesting, uh, Mark. We, we ended up setting records in that company. In fact, that uh, out of about 2 million people over a 15-year period that had been recruited into that company, uh, we were able to set seven national records. Uh, out of those 2 million people. And that was all youngest this and youngest that, okay? But uh, it was a lot of fun. We were having a lot of success. And, uh, you know, within my little world, you know, we were kind of like a little rock star because we'd set all these records. And so it was a lot of fun, making a lot of money. And, um, yeah, life was good. It, it sounds like you were, you know, you're riding high for a long stretch. It was the, you know, right place, right time for you. I met you in a different space, right? We got to know each other, um, you know, when we got to know each other and you were in a different place, what, what happened? What changed, you know, in, in your life and in your business that led you, you know, away from that opportunity? Yeah. Well, you know, Mark, it was kind of interesting. Um, when I, when I shifted gears with kind of my career direction, I was about 30 uh, ish. Well, I was 30. And, you know, when I look back, uh, I'd had a thousand plus licensed agents in my agency um, and, um, it was a very, very difficult decision, but what happened is, you know, my business mentor, uh, the, the founder of that company w was gone. Um, it, it was no longer fun and hadn't been for quite a while. The company was going through kind of a, uh, they were out wandering in the, the abyss, if you will. <laughs> okay. And, uh, uh, you know, and every time you woke up, there was another way they said they'd fire you. And I, I just wasn't having fun. And so, and not that life's all about fun. I, I mean, that's that I felt I was 30 years old and I was way too young to do something for the rest of my life that I wasn't enjoying. And I'd also developed some skills. And by the way, they were skills I didn't even know I had once upon a time. Um, you know, I talked about not going to college. It's kind of interesting when I, when all my buddies that went to college were graduating, I, I was making like four five and six times the money they were hoping to make uh, with their degrees. And so uh, you, you know, we were having a blast, but, uh, but what happened then is at, at about age 30, I took about a year to make this decision because it, 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 once again, it was a very prayerful kind of thing. And, um, I, it was not a, a split, you know, moment decision because of, uh, I was so entrenched there. And, uh, but what I did is I, I, I left the financial services arena and I actually, uh, when I looked at the skills that I had developed, the skills I had developed were recruiting and building and building teams and, and running a team and, you know, that kind of thing. And I actually, I landed in the network marketing space. Um, I met some people that were making a whole lot more money than I was. And I looked at what they were doing and I said, you know, it, it, it looks kind of fun. And, and so uh, over the years, I found myself in a few different locations. You know, there's some things about that industry I love. There's also some things I really don't like at all. And, um, so I, and one of the things I learned, Mark, is there's, there's always in every field, there's good people and there's bad people. 
Uh, and there's good ones and there's bad, you know, as, as it relates to everything. And so uh, I found myself, I tried to, to run with the very best and very best. And I tried to uh, always improve. I tried to continually improve my skill set and um, in, in everything in that arena. But, you know, I found myself, actually, I, I always tell folks this. I say, look, in my life, I've hit a few real home runs. I mean, big time uh, from a financial perspective, at least what most people would call big time, you know. Uh, and uh, But every time when that happened, I, I found myself, I was at the right place at the right time. I was with the right people. And then I brought the right kind of energy. And whether it's, you want to call it energy or work or activity or focused effort, I don't care what you call it, but it was action. Okay. Uh, I brought the right kind of action to the table that would let me participate. And so, but you know, as an entrepreneur, there's, there's sometimes there's, there's really high highs and there can also be some lows. And, um, uh, you, you know, today we kind of talked about the highlights. If I told you about the, the low lights, I'd be crying. You'd be crying. We'd all be crying. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there. That's the, that's the beauty of, uh, of life and, and learning. But, you know, you've always carried this philosophy of, of win big through the entire, you know, journey, right? And yes, yes. You know, you, 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 when I met you, you know, it, it felt like it seemed like it was a really well-formed philosophy, you know. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that and how it served you through the years? Yeah, you know, uh, Mark, what happened is there's uh, I, I kind of a, a cornerstone of my life is, um, you know, I always tell people, and, and I know we're, we're probably, this podcast is not designed to go down this path necessarily, but let me just throw it out there very quickly because it's very much part of my life. Uh, kind of, you got to have truth. You got to build your life on truth. And so for me, that truth has always been the Bible and my Christian faith. And uh, so that's where it always comes back to. And so I always had this belief that it was all going to work out. God had it under control, that God was moving the pieces around. And maybe I, I didn't know what was going on, but if I had faith, it would all work out. And it always had, you know. And, um, you, you know, so what happened is, um, you know, it, right before you and I had met, we, we'd, I'd gone through kind of a, we were what you might call in a lean time, okay? Uh, my wife had been a school teacher. Uh, back before I met her, I took a lot of pride in retiring her when we got married, you know, retired her at a young, very young age. And, uh, and she hadn't worked. She'd raised our kids and we had our kids in private school and all that kind of good fun stuff. And, but one of those lean times, uh, she actually went back to the classroom to, um, to, to teach and to keep our kids in that private school, because that was important to us to have them in that private Christian environment for, for schooling. Um, and, and that was kind of a humbling time for me because I had, uh, uh, I mean, we did it together. It was a, it was a joint decision, but to, to know that I needed her to do that was kind of a little bit humbling. And so I was looking and searching, but I've always believed you got to stay positive. You got to keep swinging the bat. I've always done the old, I kind of lived my life mark on that philosophy of when you get on your knees or whether it's literally or in your mind, you pray like it all depends on God. And when you get up, you work like it all depends on you. And uh, that's been a real good philosophy for us. And so what happened is uh, I found myself, once again, right place, right time, right people, brought the right kind of energy. And we, um, man, we, we hit a home run, okay? I mean, we were making a significant income, uh, truthfully. Um, you know, we had um, uh, two commas in our 1099 for 
uh, many years, and uh, which is fun times. Sometimes people ask, was that as good as you thought it would be, really? And I said, no, actually, it was 100 times better. <laughs> oh, but Mark, you know, we so, I mean, that's kind of where we met in, in that era. And then I woke up one day and I found myself uh, much, much, much to my surprise in a, um, a legal battle uh, to keep what we had uh, created. And um, the way it kind of ultimately worked out was uh, uh, I won the battle but lost the war. And so you wake up, you're sitting there, you're making over 100000 a month, uh, month after month for several years. And you wake up one day and it's completely gone. And, um, uh, and, and then, you know, what happened? You know, people, sometimes people ask me what happened. I say, look, the short story is this. It was like it ended like one of those Hollywood marriages irreconcilable differences. Uh, we just, uh, there were, uh, you know, there were just things going on that uh, could not continue long-term. And anyway, so, so what happened is, uh, you know, we're kind of like back to ground zero, you know, we got the option, hey, you could, you know, sell everything, change the lifestyle. Uh, Cause I had a real good lifestyle. You know, we just built the dream home. Uh, I say built, we actually found it was brand new, but it was, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful home. And uh, we just, you know, furnished it and just done all that stuff when uh you know dropped you know a a pool in the backyard that was uh you know kind of crazy and uh, and it was, it was really a, a setting that almost anybody would love to be in and and uh what, what happened though is then all of a sudden you wake up and boom uh all the the source of income is gone and so so you know you got this gut-wrenching thing and, and i was in a phase of life where well i could sell everything change the lifestyle okay and then kind of just quit, tell the whole world to go stick it. And, and uh, you know, I'm done working. But the problem was, number one, that went against everything that's in me. Because as you know, every email I've signed off for the last two or three decades, however long I've had email, I, you know, let's win big. And that's kind of been my philosophy. If you're going to play the game, win. And if you're going to win, let's win big. And so, um, uh, you, you know, I, I just, I, I had some decisions to make. And, and Mark, the decisions... Uh, also, we're affected, as you know, I've got two adult sons that uh, had followed me into business. And uh, that's, a, that's a big responsibility to a father to, to have, because um, your sons are, are, are kids, you know, they're trying to build a, a family. And if they're following you into business, um, I mean, there's a lot riding on that. Not just, you're, not, you're now not just fighting for you, you're also fighting for them and your, your grandchildren, right? And so, uh, truthfully, uh, if I was uh, much of a man at all, I, I didn't really have the option to just quit right there. I had to uh, go forge the path, and we had to um, win again, and uh, in a big way, in a very big, big way. You know, you've you've experienced some obstacles throughout the throughout the your career, and you know, you've applied the same approach. You've got you know these young sons that are looking up to you, and I certainly look up to you. Um, you know, where did that you know, that latest decision you made lead you uh, to where you are today? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, Mark. You know, somebody mentioned to me that was, hey, Steve, you kind of did the thing like Rocky. You know, you went full circle. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was very interesting. Because of our early success into the financial services arena, uh, there had been many people along the way, many of them former peers, you know. Uh, there had been many people that tried to recruit me back into that arena. 
And I always said, no, no, and uh, heck no. And, um, you know, the, the reality is um, uh, what, what happened is uh, a handful of years ago now, one of my old buddies, a guy that I used to compete with aggressively, he had started a financial services company in uh, about 02. And they talked to me several times and I just wouldn't listen. And uh, as I mentioned, now I was in a very, very prayerful mode. And he and I, we reconnected and, and at first I wasn't open-minded at all. And, and then he said, Steve, if you don't open your mind, you're going to miss the biggest crusade that's ever happened in this industry. And I kind of laughed. I said, there is no crusade. The crusade was fought back in the 80s. We won that war. There is no crusade now. And he said, wrong, Steve. And you're going to miss the biggest one ever if you don't listen. And, and it went what's through my mind real quick, uh, Mark, was, you know, Steve, you're, you've been praying for God to lead you and guide you and direct you. And, uh, you know, maybe you should listen. Uh, open your mind up. Maybe, you know, maybe God's trying to answer your prayer uh, right here, right now. And, and so I decided to do that. I decided to listen. And he began to tell me some things that just fascinated me. And you kind of know the story. There's kind of like really three major things. That, one of them was this. And the one that really put the hook in my jaw was when he began to talk to me about the old insurance and the, the new insurance. And the old insurance, you have to die to live is what he said. I said, well, of course, that's the way it works. He said, yeah, the old kind. I said, what do you mean? And he told me about the new kind of insurance. It, it was something called living benefits. And what that meant was uh, if you had the, the proper and I'm looking at my iPhone right here, you know, and as I think about this, we all know the way this has advanced, okay? If you could, uh, you know, if you could go back 20 years ago and then look at this thing, you'd be amazed. It was like something, space age kind of technology, right? Well, likewise, the way this industry had advanced in segments, pieces of it, the, the new kind of insurance, if, if uh, you didn't have to die to get the money, I'm talking about the face amount, you could be the beneficiary of your own policy if you had a heart attack, stroke, or cancer and about a dozen other things. And, and I, I was, because of my intimate knowledge of the industry back when, and because I had been really completely separated from it, uh, it from the inner workings of it for, for literally 25 years, when I saw this, it was like an aha kind of a moment. Uh, the guys that had stayed in it, uh, they kind of, uh, you know, just got accustomed to it casually. They didn't see the bam, the impact of it. And so, but I saw the impact of it. It was so uh, radical. And, and still to this day, though, 98% of the people that own insurance and life insurance specifically, they've got the, the old kind where you've got to die to use it. And I'm not talking about cash that you get access to, you saved in it. I'm talking about the face amount. And so when I saw that, I said, man, everybody out there that's got insurance should replace it. Well, that's what we did way back in the day. We made our money replacing insurance, not selling it. And, and so that was the first piece. And then what happened, Mark, as, uh, as you know, there was also – uh, that that it, the cash that could accumulate within that program, uh, again, like the iPhone, it had, the technology had advanced so dramatically that the concept of tax-free money had always been there, okay? But it was so small. The growth portion of those programs were so small before it was insignificant. I mean, who cares if you've got tax-free money if it's $300 a year, right? But what I saw with, with the new programs the way they had evolved, they had something called indexing. And this indexing would allow you to get market-like returns without the losses, and, and the gains would be capped at a certain level. But if you take that over a period of years, the difference was dramatic. And I don't mean a little bit. I mean like unflipping believable dramatic, okay? And, and so 
Um, I've always been a numbers guy. And when I saw that, I said, man, everybody I know, everybody I know would want this. And, um, and, and I said, oh, I'm a, like I said, I've always studied the numbers and stuff. You know, there's 120 million people in America with a retirement program. Almost all of them are a tax deferred program. I'm talking about like 401ks and IRAs, those kind of things. They defer your taxes to a future unknown tax rate. Well, you know, people will fight for a quarter of a point on a, on a mortgage because they're going to have it for 30 years. But we're talking about your entire nest egg. We're talking about your, your retirement program. And it's going to be taxed at a future unknown rate. Well, if you could get Uncle Sam, get the government out of your retirement, everybody would want to do that. And you can. People just don't know how. So that's one of the things we do. And then, Mark, I think you know there's one other piece we brought to the table recently. Um, and, and it's got to do with debt, okay? Uh, almost everybody we know are in debt, okay? Um, you, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I, I see Mark raise his hand there. You know, uh, but here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We've kind of become uh, immune to this idea of being debt-free in, in America. Almost people think of debt, and I'm talking about like home mortgages, credit cards, uh, student loans, car loans, all those kind of things. Um, you know, people think, well, that's just normal. Kind of like if you keep waking up, you're going to have a birthday next year. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and it's not just normal. But here's what we did. And again, I'm going to be a little transparent here because I honestly – didn't think there was anything they could teach me in this arena. I know that sounds a little bit arrogant, but uh, I don't mean it that way. I just, I thought I knew everything there was to know. But you know that old expression, you don't know what you don't know? I didn't know some things that could be done. And, and as tuned into all that stuff that I've always been, I just didn't know some things. And I, uh, we, 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 we formed a strategic alliance not that back with a, a company that has done some absolutely phenomenal things. They've, they've developed a, a system, a program, if you will. It's got 60 million lines of code. They've put $19 million into the development of it over about a 15-year period of time. And, and let me tell you what we do, Mark. We take people and let's say just say our average, quote unquote, our average client will knock probably about anywhere from a half to two thirds off of their, their debt strategy. In other words, they're planned to be in debt, let's say for 30 years, we, back, we, we knock it down to like eight years or something like that. And it's, it's usually hundreds of thousands of dollars. Our average client, we probably save them $150,000 to $250,000 worth of interest that they were going to pay. And this is like revolutionary, life-changing kind of stuff. So, and we're not talking about, you know, brand, brown bagging it forever. We're not talking about driving a piece of crap car. We're not talking all that stuff. We're talking about you don't have to refinance everything. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about within the, the way you live your life right now, just refining things technically, strategically, and winning that game. We do an analysis for people for free, cost them nothing to see what it is, and if it makes sense to them, boom, they pull the trigger. And uh, it's, it's so exciting to see what we're doing for people. So to, to kind of take this thing full circle, um, you, you know, we've, we've uh, found ourselves one more time at the right place at the right time with the right people. We're, we're truly winning big. And when I say winning big, we're talking about uh, first of all, it's got to be for the clients you serve, and they're winning big in a, in a major way. Uh, and then the people that work with us, they're winning big too. And so uh, we're very excited about this phase of our life. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, that's 
that's an amazing story. I just love, and I get inspired every, every time I hear you tell the story. And, um, you know, it's something that uh, I think is going to be so valuable. You're going to impact the lives and you already are of so many people through, through what you've built. Well, well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, we, we, I feel like we really are. We're, 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 we're doing that. We're, uh, impacting lives in a major, major way. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very excited about what, what we're doing, both uh, in the marketplace for our consumer and also the guys and the gals that, that work with us. We, that's a part of what we do, too. That win big philosophy uh, is more than just uh, one-sided. There's multiple facets to that. And uh, so we're always bringing on good people, and we're always, uh, you know, trying to build that, that side, too. Excellent. So, um, you know, Steve, I really appreciate you joining me on Aging is Optional Radio. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's huge to have somebody like you sharing your story. Um, if somebody's interested, if the listeners are interested, um, is there a way they can find you on, on the Internet or social media? Yeah, well, I've, I've got a site, uh, stevelittle.com, just like it sounds, Steve, L-I-T-T-L-E.com. And I've got a website there. And uh, you know, I've got to throw out one thing just because, you know, you're, the name of your, your podcast here is Aging is Optional. Uh, let, let me just throw something out for, I'm sure there's going to be some of your listeners that will appreciate this as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, I heard a quote by, uh, it was about Clint Eastwood, uh, and Clint Eastwood was, was on a movie set the other day and he's 89 years old. And somebody asked him, said, Clint, how have you stayed so, I mean, you're so different than most guys that are your age. He said, you know, you're, you're full of energy, you're full of vim and vigor and you're out here doing movies. And what was the difference? And he said, uh, he said, I just decided to never let the old man in. And man, Mark, you know, as I'm beginning to, uh, I'm in the later phases of my 50s now, will be 60. Uh, in fact, it's not that far away. Uh, in fact, it's coming quick. But uh, <laughs> but I have made that, uh, I've, I've done that, but not like he said it mentally. As I have made that a decision in my life, uh, never let the old man in. And as aging is optional, you know, we can't control the birthdays, but man, I'm glad for everyone I've got because we all have friends that never got the next one. And so uh, I'm thankful for it. But I also, uh, aging is optional. Never let the old man in. I love it. That's so fantastic and a perfect way to end this episode. Thanks, Steve. You bet. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. No matter your age, if you're thinking about your financial future, that's good. If you're not thinking about your debt, that can be bad. But the hardest part is figuring out where to start and how to track your progress, right? That's what I struggled with for years until I found the solution. So I created a special book called Living the Debt-Free Lifestyle to help you get on the right track. Interested? Go to crushthatdebt.net and download my free ebook now and learn how to crush all your debt faster than you ever dreamed possible. You can find the link in the show notes and on all of my social media accounts. That's crushthatdebt.net for my free ebook, Living the Debt-Free Lifestyle. Thanks again for joining me on Aging is Optional Radio. I hope you found some value in this episode. That's really my goal. You can find the podcast on iTunes, and I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and give it a rating. And I love reading your comments. You can also find it on all the podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share the podcast with your friends and on social media. You can also reach me directly at mark at agingisoptionalradio.com if you have any questions or want to suggest any topics. Until next time, thanks, everybody.